You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Great Monday show for you. We are talking week one of college football. Yes, there will be a lot of Deion Sanders talk in this podcast. How can there not be? It was the story of the weekend. We're also going to talk about yet another team that did well in the transfer portal that surprised everyone this past weekend. Maybe a team you didn't even know about. We're also going to talk about last night's thrashing in Orlando. Florida State stomps all over LSU 45-24. We're going to talk about the ACC officially bringing in Cal, Stanford, and SMU. Got thoughts on that. And maybe we'll get to some baseball, but it's going to be a lot of college football talk. And we'll get to that momentarily. So where do we begin? Oh, I don't know. How about the team that brought in a ton of transfers in the portal? Was a 20 and more point underdog on the road. First game of the year. And they win it outright. How about those Texas State Bobcats? The Bobcats, 26 point dogs going into Baylor. Oh, wait. Well, that did happen, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But obviously the story of the weekend is Colorado and what they did as a 21-point underdog beating the participant in the national championship game last year, TCU, beating them 45-42 after winning one game all of last year and averaging 15 points a game. I mean, the numbers bear it out. And here's the thing I want to say. Ever since I started prepping you guys for college football season, if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard what I've said. I'm not here to come on and tell you Monday morning I told you so because I didn't tell you so. What I did tell you, though, was anybody in the press, anybody in the media, I don't care if it's the best college football writer out there, if it was some of the best analysts out there in college football, Anybody that was saying, we know exactly what we're getting with Colorado, they don't have the talent, they're not going to win three games this year, or anybody that was saying, I think they're going to be really good and win seven or eight, it was a ridiculous take to make either way. The bottom line was we knew absolutely nothing about what to expect on the field this past Saturday. You couldn't. They had 81 new players on their team. I'm sorry. Nobody, we'd never seen this in the history of college football before. Nobody had ever come in and just basically took a, just took an absolute hammering ball. Is that what it's called? The hammering ball? The wrecking ball? To a program and just said, goodbye, everybody. I'm bringing in my own guys. I mean, Dion said it at his opening press conference. I'm bringing in baggage and it's all Louis. Referring to Louis Vuitton. He was bringing in studs. The team that Colorado put on the field last year was embarrassing. If Dion came and coached those guys, they wouldn't have done what they did this past Saturday. You need talent. He brought in talent. You might not like the way he did it. You might not like his brashness. You might not like his arrogance, but he backed it up. If they would have gotten blown out on Saturday, you would have been like, why is this guy continuing to talk? Why is he talking about we coming? We coming and talking about holding receipts. I'm sorry, but at least for a week, he wins. And now they've host Nebraska in the national game of the week on big noon Saturday. 
this upcoming Saturday? You saw Nebraska play Minnesota. Do you think that they can hang with Colorado based on what you saw out of Colorado this past Saturday? Now, here's the thing that Dion's going to have to guard against and Colorado's going to have to guard against. Everybody in America is now on their bandwagon. Everybody in America is blowing smoke up their ass, and they're going to read their press clippings all week about how great they are. So for a team that literally got put together in the last four months and none of these guys had ever played a game with each other before until this past Saturday, how are they going to respond? That's going to be the biggest thing that Dion has to deal with this week. Not X's and O's or whatever, because X's and O's wise, based on watching all of the Nebraska game and all of the Colorado game, Colorado is better than Nebraska. Right now, the line is Colorado minus three. They are better than three points, better than the Nebraska football team. But it might not come down to that. It's going to come down to execution. Are they mentally all there? Are they worn out from that performance because they had everybody against them and they basically balled out this past Saturday and played a great game? But I'm sorry. They're better than Nebraska. It's just not going to come down to that this past this upcoming Saturday. It really isn't. Because it's going to be more about are they mentally all there? Are they exhausted from everything that they put out this past weekend? And when I go back to what I was saying, look, like I said, I'm not here to tell you I told you so because I didn't. But what I am telling you is what I've kind of preached about this podcast and the way I look at sports versus the talking heads on TV, maybe even on sports talk radio that you listen to. Everybody's got to have the hot take. Everybody's got to say either Colorado was going to be horseshit. As I told you, one of the best analysts in college football said on a radio show last week, Colorado's over-under win total is three and a half games this year. I will take the under every day of the week and twice on Saturday. They said that. Or somebody was saying Colorado's going to be really good. Most of America was saying they're not going to be any good you can't do this. You can't just bring in your own team. It's never going to work. These guys don't have time to gel together. No way. Because we live in this hot take world. And I was like, look, the bottom line is you don't know. And now, not only do we have the Colorado example, the Texas State example I brought up at the beginning of the episode. Texas State Bobcats brought in 51 transfers and a new head coach, G.J. Kinney, who was a quarterback in college football, takes over the program. They were 26-point underdogs, and they go into Baylor and beat them by double digits. Now, I'm not saying Baylor was TCU, but they are in the same conference, and I think Baylor's expected to be good. I mean, shit, you lost as a 26-point favorite. Maybe they were caught off guard, whatever the case may be. However, I think this just means as we head into next college football season in 2024, the way the sport is changing and other programs, seeing what Dion did, seeing what Texas State did in week one, I think going into next season, any team that does this, where they bring in a, just a bunch of new players, I don't think we can immediately dismiss them as like, oh, well, they're not going to be ready for week one. They got a whole new team. <laughs> Colorado did, Texas State did, and they looked fine. It's about the players. And... What we saw on Saturday, I mean, I think there's so many great statistics to come out of this Colorado win on Saturday, but the best one was all of last year, Colorado had two games or two wide receivers who had a 100-yard receiving day in the whole season. In a 12-game season, twice they had a 100-yard receiver. This past Saturday against TCU, Colorado had four different receivers 
that had at least 100 yards. His son, Shador Sanders, 510 yards passing. The early front runner for the Heisman, Travis Hunter, who didn't come from nowhere. Travis Hunter was the number two recruit in the nation two years ago, and Dion was able to flip him from Florida State to Jackson State. Dion leaves Jackson State. He comes to Colorado. He brings Travis Hunter with him, and Travis Hunter had over 100 yards receiving, had a touchdown, and had an interception inside the five-yard line and played in 129 plays. We haven't seen this in college football before. You know how all season I've been telling you, look, Shohei Otani is the best player not only in baseball right now, but in the history of baseball because he's doing things we've never seen before. You can't compare him to anybody because nobody is pitching at an elite level and also hitting at an elite level. Well, after one game, Travis Hunter is doing things no other player in college football is doing. Does that mean he's going to win the Heisman? Probably not, because the Heisman usually goes to a team that only loses zero, one, or two games. And I still think Colorado, they're not going 10-2 and two this year. But will he be at the Heisman ceremony? I think if he keeps playing 120 snaps a game, both on offense and defense, he will. I, it's just a great story. And it's what I don't like about sports talk radio. It's what I don't like about debate TV. There were zero people saying what happened on Saturday was going to happen. Some people might have said, I think Colorado is going to go in there and upset them. Pat McAfee said it on college game day. He picked Colorado to win, but that might have been just him being contrarian. He didn't seem to. I don't think he's been. I think everybody thought at some point Dion was going to make Colorado relevant. I don't think anybody thought it was going to happen in the first game of the year against a team that played for the national championship last year. All you had to do within six minutes of that game, if you were watching it, within six minutes of the game, you realized, oh, shit, Dion's got athletes on this team. This is not the Colorado team from last year. And you could easily tell they could match TCU athlete for athlete. And TCU is no slouch. Like I said, they went undefeated last year. Yes, they lost some players. Yes, they lost their quarterback, their top wide receiver, and their top two running backs. I get it. But. They went into Colorado last year and won by 30. And then they come home and against a completely different Colorado team. But still, you knew within the first six minutes, you're like, this is different. Dion wasn't kidding. He brought in really good players. And I don't want to say chemistry doesn't matter, but apparently chemistry in terms of having played games together and how will they do in a game situation when they've never taken snaps together and they just met each other four or five months ago. Well, apparently that doesn't matter that much. Because look at what happened. So just it's a it's an absolute great story. I I mean, like you know, Dion can say we coming all they want, all he wants, and he can say I keep receipts. If they go two and ten this season, it's all talk and nobody cares what he's saying. But the fact that he backed it up and he said it all off season. He's, no coach is ever going to come out and say, we're going to go 12-0 and and win the national championship. He's never going to say that. But he was basically telling everybody who would listen, guys, we're going to be good. You don't believe me, but we're going to be good. And that was his post-game press conference this past Saturday. Why didn't you believe? And, yeah, it's a little bit petty, but he kind of has every right to because he was telling all of us and nobody would listen. So I think it's a great story. I gave you on Friday when I gave you my college over-unders 
for the season total. I told you. I was still on Colorado, plus over three and a half wins. I just said I can I can see them winning four, going from one to four under Dion. I could see that happening. Now you beat Nebraska at home. You got Colorado State in week three at home, and they lost by four touchdowns to Washington State. Uh, you're looking at possibly a 3-0 and start, and all you got to do is win one out of your last nine. Probably going to happen. Right now, I still think this is a probably a five or six win team because I don't know how good they are defensively. They still give up over 500 yards to TCU and 42 points, but if they can score with teams, that's – that's what you need in college football. You've got to be able to score. And they couldn't score last year. They averaged 15 points a game. And their defense was terrible. But they've got UCLA, USC, Oregon, and Washington on their schedule this year. I'm telling you right now, they're going to beat one of those teams. Colorado will beat one of the top four teams in the Pac-12. Actually, I didn't even throw Utah in there. Throw Utah in there. I think they play all five. Actually, the one they miss is Washington. They play at Oregon, home against USC, at UCLA, at Utah. So three of the four toughest teams on their schedule are on the road. SC is the only one they get at home. And if you want to count Oregon State, who looked great yesterday, throw them in the mix. They've got them at home as well. I'm just telling you, let's let's include those five games. Oregon, USC, UCLA, Oregon State, Utah. They are going to beat one of those teams. You heard it here. That's my prediction. Now, we'll get to my other predictions for this past weekend in a second. Now, I don't want to sit here every week and pump up my picks. I'm going to give you picks every week, but we will always recap them. I probably should have done it at the beginning. So I think I'm going to I got to remind myself on Monday's Sports Daily, we're going to recap all my picks to start the podcast and then go from there. But I since it was the first week of of games, I forgot to do it. So I'd say we had a pretty good weekend, don't you think? You know, I gave you 5 games that I liked. Those 5 games went 5 and 0 oh, in case you didn't know. Best bet was Western Kentucky. Got a little lucky there, but we won. Minus 12. They won 41-24. Nebraska, plus 6.5, lost by 3. Georgia Tech, plus 7.5, lost by 5. Washington, blew out. Boise State, they were minus 14. Florida State yesterday, blew out LSU, plus 2.5. 5-0 on your plays this week. The three dogs that I gave you that I said, I think I like these, I like all these dogs, and I like him to win outright, so take half your bet and put it on a money line play. South Alabama plus six and a half did not cover. Northern Illinois wins outright against Boston College plus the eight and a half. Toledo plus nine covers against Illinois should have won outright. So two and one on those picks. The big disappointment. So maybe we got lucky on the best bet with with, with Western Kentucky getting that front door cover. Uh, by sacking the quarterback and running the ball back with two minutes left for a touchdown to win by 17 and then stopping them on the 10-yard line going in as time was running out. So, you know, hey, we'll take it. You're, I mean, you no one's going to complain that you won the bet. However, Ohio State not covering against Indiana was just criminal. Remember, I closed out my three-team 10-point teaser. Um, I told you um, – 
we were going to go Western Kentucky minus the two, Washington minus the four, uh, and Ohio State minus 20 and a half, and they win 23 to three. Anybody that watched that game knows they could have played 12 quarters and Indiana wasn't going to get anywhere near the end zone ever. I mean, the Indiana was is just putrid offensively. Ohio State just took forever to get rolling, and when they did, they ended up kicking too many field goals. They kicked three field goals, only had two touchdowns. The best wide receiver duo in America, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Ibuka, had five catches between them for like 34 yards. Ohio State better shore up their quarterback position. Kyle McCord looked okay, but you got to go on the road and pound Indiana. I can't believe I lost that game by a half point, which ended up losing our three-team 10-point teaser. But you add up all those bets, that's 7-2. and two. Uh, It's pretty damn good uh, for week one of the college season. So pissed off, though, that Ohio State didn't get that cover. Losing by half point on that tease. Ugh. Now, <clears throat> that was the tease I gave you out on Friday when the line was 30 and a half. It dropped to 29, 29 and a half, 30 anywhere Friday night, Saturday morning. So some of you, if you did put it in on Saturday, you might have won that teaser or had two wins and a push, which would be no action. I unfortunately have to mark this down as a loss because when I gave it out, I said take Ohio State minus 20 and a half. I never thought in a million years that half point would come into play because Ohio State should have killed them. So disappointing, but I would say giving you five winners, five and oh, and then two and one on the underdog plays, along with you didn't lose any money if you bet them all on the money line because Northern Illinois money line was plus 290. So if you had $100 on each of them, you won 92 bucks out of just the money line plays. And then South Alabama plus 6.5, loser. But then Northern Illinois and Toledo both covered. Toledo should have won outright. You know, they were winning most of the game. They were up 20 to 9 in that game. Very disappointing. Or 22 to 9. Yeah. So... Very, very disappointing uh, that they didn't win outright. But, hey, we'll take it. We'll take 5-0 and oh and 7-1 uh, and one if you count the three dog plays. We'll take 7-1 and one every day of the week and 10 times on Saturday. So I hope some of you tailed me. I hope you made some money. Uh, and we'll be back at it again this week. I'll have my plays for you uh, this Friday. And we have so much to talk about, but I'm just going to end it with this last night the LSU um, Florida State game. And a couple people that I follow on Twitter, I can't even remember who said it, but they both made the same exact point during the LSU Florida State game. And if you watched it last night, I, I got to believe you're going to agree with this because I certainly did when I saw it. I never was really thinking about it when the game was on until after I saw the tweet. Then I'm like, yeah, you know what? That makes all the sense in the world. Two people that I tell on Twitter said during the game as they're watching it in the first and second quarter, the speed on that field was unlike any other game you saw this weekend. And it wasn't even close. You can even take that TCU-Colorado game. While it was great, up and down, back and forth, 45-42, tons of points, tons of balls flying through the air, great tackling, whatever the case may be, great athletes. What we saw last night in LSU-Florida State, probably because most of those guys are going to be in the NFL in a few years, just watching that game and watching the speed, it is just different than anything else. And everyone wants to talk about SEC speed. Well, the SEC speed got boat raced 
by four touchdowns. Yeah, they lost by three touchdowns, but that was because they threw a 75-yard bomb in the last minute of the game. Otherwise, LSU loses that game by four touchdowns, and LSU is good. And remember, I gave you LSU under 9.5. LSU under 9.5 wins this year, I also gave out on Friday because I thought Florida State was going to win. I had them as one of my picks. And then they got to play at Alabama this year. So if you mark that down as a loss, LSU has to win every other game for you, for me to lose my bet. I think they're going to drop one somewhere. If everyone says the SEC is as tough as it is, and oh my God, you can't you can't run the gauntlet in the SEC. Okay, well, if they lose to Alabama, which I think people expect them to, because remember, they beat Alabama in Baton Rouge last year. So Alabama's got serious revenge on their mind from that game. So I got to assume LSU's going to lose to Alabama this year in Bama. Well, they have to go 10-0 and for me to lose my bet in the other 10 games. I just don't see it. And that's what I... That's what I looked at at the beginning of this season. I said, I think they're going to lose to Florida State and Alabama, and I don't know who else they're going to lose to in those other 10 games. I just think they will. And that's what I'm going to stick with. So great start to that bet. Those are the only, uh, you know, those were two of the five uh, college football season win totals that I gave out. But Great start there. Uh, you know, the other biggest one was Texas under nine and a half. They weren't going to lose to Rice, but Texas is in the same boat as LSU in that they have to play Alabama. So assuming Texas plays Alabama, Texas loses to Alabama, that game is this Saturday. I don't think Texas is ready to go into Alabama and win. Let's just say Alabama beats Texas on Saturday. Now, Texas has to go nine and one in their remaining 10 games for me to lose my bet. They're allowed to lose one more game. They have to go 10-2 and two or better. I just don't think it'll happen. Big 12 is good. I know TCU lost, but TCU is going to get better. Break it in a whole lot of new players. They're going to be better. Kansas State is the defending Big 12 champion. They're going to be better. Oklahoma is going to be better. So I just – and, you know, the reason why I like the Texas under is because – 11 of the last 12 years, Texas has gone under their win total. That was posted by Vegas. So that says a lot. And every year, how many times have people said Texas is back? We're going to win this. We're going to win that. Uh, it's not like it's not like Vegas was setting their over-under win total at 11 every year. This one's 9.5. This team has produced nothing but a bunch of 7-5, and 8-4, and 9-3 seasons in the last, I don't know, 10 years. Why can't this year be the same? I think they're losing to Bama on Saturday. And then I think they can drop two more somewhere else on their schedule. So I feel that's why I gave it out as those two were my top totals plays of the season. Texas under nine and a half, LSU under nine and a half. We're already off to a good start with LSU. But boy, even though they lost by four touchdowns, LSU is scary good. Like, I was just impressed. I think we should all be more impressed by Florida State. And that Florida State game at Clemson week four of the season could be to determine who's going to the college football playoff. And right now, I I don't have to see Clemson play tonight against Duke. I already know Clemson's going to have their hands full with Florida State because clearly Florida State has got some ballers on their team. I mean, I mean. I counted at least eight guys that are going to be in the NFL. And 
probably going to be more. But, man, just watching that game last night, you couldn't tell me that game was the same as watching even TCU-Colorado, the other best game of the weekend. I, it wasn't. It was just a difference, major difference, in speed and tackling and playmaking. It wasn't comparable. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review as well. You can tell everybody what great picks I gave out this weekend. 5-0 and again. Um, but, hey, I'm going to say this for picks. Just know I'm going to have a week where I go 1-5, and 0-4, something like that. It's going to happen. It's just impossible to keep something like excuse me, keep something like that up all season long. It just is. Nobody is just going to keep hitting 5-0 and and go undefeated every week. All I'm saying to you is this. If you bet the games this past weekend and did well because I gave you those winners and I have a bad week in the future, which I definitely will, I don't want to hear, oh, great picks, dude, because it's funny that you only talk when the picks lose. And that's the way usually, that's why gambling Twitter is kind of annoying, is just people only talk about when they win and when they lose. If I have a bad weekend, I'm going to be right here every Monday morning on the Sports Daily talking about, man, I couldn't pick for shit this past weekend. But, hey, I'll take 5-0. and oh, It's a great start. And I'm keeping track of my records. Um, we'll keep uh, three separate records. We have the records for my games that I give out. We'll have the record for my three-team underdog uh, that I like that I think can cover the spread and win the game outright. And we will have also uh, my record on three-team 10-point teasers in college, which are going to be, mm, they are one and one right now. And then in pros, I will give out a three-team 10-point teaser every week in pro, a best bet in pro, and usually one or two other plays. I already know what my best bet in pro is this week, but we will we won't get that until uh, until Friday. So, anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. Deep.